We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know that you could invest in crypto through your retirement account? That's right. iTrust Capital allows you to invest in over two dozen of the most popular cryptocurrencies. And unlike the stock market, you can buy and sell 24 hours a day. With iTrust Capital, you also get the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. Visit iTrustCapital.com to start investing today. That's iTrustCapital.com. Taxes and conditions may apply. Fees apply. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with risk of loss. iTrust Capital Incorporated does not provide legal, investment, or tax advice. Consult with a qualified legal investment or tax professional. Collins driving, almost lost the handle. Chalmers for the tie. Got it in 10 seconds. Unbelievable. He throws. Got He used to tell me, those places are great, but there's no place like Kansas. What's good? We're back. Uh, another episode of Eight Seats. We just uh, coming off last night's big road win over OU. Uh, the Hawks moved to four and one in the Big Twelve, I believe. They sit atop the Big Twelve standings. Um, things starting to feel right in the world. I mean, B turn. We got A B this week as well. B turn. Did that not just feel like an incredibly vintage Bill Self road win? Like not not pretty. You didn't play good, but you just find a way to execute late and win the game. That's that's what it was. Yeah, absolutely. And it feels like we struggle at both uh, Big 12 arenas in Oklahoma. Like, we lose <laughs> water and Norman a lot. And after we won, I was kind of thinking, like, <clears throat> we're a third of the way done with road games in the Big 12 and two of our tougher – I mean, two of the toughest games each year we've won. So, I think you win, what, three or – so more road games and you should be in really good shape to win the league. It feels like, cause yeah. you talk about going undefeated at Allen and I don't know. It feels like winning this league might take what 13, 14 wins with the, I mean, Baylor almost lost again last night. I know. I mean, 13 wins. I don't know. Baylor losing five. I guess they've, they've Baylor losing the two they did were pretty costly because they've still got to come to us. I think they've got to go to Texas 
They, but they've already won at Iowa State. They got Texas Tech this weekend? No. I don't know. Either way, Baylor's still got some tough games on their slate. I'd be shocked if they lose any more than five. I think if my goal were for KU, it'd be to go uh, 14 and four. That would have me. If we go 14 and four, I'm like, we won the league. I don't even, we may tie with Baylor, but a 14 and four guarantees us winning the league and 13 and five might. But yeah, like you said, getting the win last night's just huge because, I mean, we always talk about the Stillwater struggles, but honestly, we've been pretty horrendous in Norman too. Um, yeah, felt good. We, uh, we've gone on some droughts in these road wins and still found a way. What was the, God, we missed 19 straight shots in Stillwater. It wasn't quite that bad last night, but we, I mean, we get up 12 and we're texting like, wow, we look really good. This is fun. You, you, we're playing the type of basketball you envision this team playing. And then it's like within minutes, OU's got the lead. So, yeah, I don't know. 8-0 run out of the half and then OU goes on a 20 to 2. Yeah. And we I, couldn't buy a bucket for a while, like getting terrible looks. Remy wasn't even in the game. Everyone was tweeting about that. He didn't even see the floor in the second half. So offense really struggled. And then our two studs just took over late. Yep. Yep. So let's talk about that. I mean, Ocha, obviously, absolutely terrifying moment in the first half. Anytime you see a guy instantly grab his wrist, especially when he's your best player, it's terrifying. KU fans, it's even more terrifying considering Udoka had the weakest ligaments and wrist history and cost himself <laughs> two seasons. I mean, I'm just saying. I, I think the guy dunked too hard, but he also had. I mean, to get the same injury, the ligament injury or whatever he had was just absurdly unlucky. Um, and I immediately had flashbacks when you saw Oach doing that. I mean, I'll throw this to both of you. Were you worried at all? Like, I felt, I don't know. He seemed like he was relaxed and not to worry about it. But I was also like, is he just playing it off to not look like it's anything to worry about? Or is like this going to end our season? Like, did anyone have those fears? I uh, I didn't even get to watch the first half, so I didn't even see it happen. But so I listened to the whole first half on the radio, and no one in the world was happier than Brian Haney when Ochai ran through the tunnel. He screamed, and here comes our hero, Ochai Ugbaji. I died. I love that. Hero. I picture Ochai coming out like at the WWE entrance with like music playing and Haney announcing him over the loudspeaker um ab i mean did you what'd you think did you think oach was did you think there was any potential that was season ending i mean i i don't know we've gone through so much shit like you mentioned with doke and i feel like with other guys where it doesn't look that bad at first and it's kind of like downplayed a little bit yeah maybe this is like my chief's brain too because i feel like andy does the same thing but injuries are downplayed next thing you know it's been two months and they haven't touched the court since so i feel like anytime your best player especially with remy being the way he is lately like yeah our season's down the drain if folks tries out so i think just naturally it's a little scary you know when you see yeah. something like that but and then it took him a while to kind of get back to i mean he ends up being the maybe the most important player in the game probably second most important player of the game but he i mean it took him a while to get kind of back in the groove it it, it looked like I mean, we tried to throw some passes over the top to him. It looked like his left hand was kind of struggling. But, yeah, I mean, we say this all the time, B-Turn. It's like, does this team have that guy that's going to go get you buckets when you absolutely need them? And I think Oates scored 10 points, all of his 10 points, in the final 
five minutes of the game, eight of which were probably in the final three to four. I don't know. He hits the elevator screen. He hits the other or the elevator three, the the drive, and then the uh, other three where he just kind of popped out and the guy cheated. Yeah. And I mean, it's just that's what we've been wanting to see, right? Like you need yeah. that from Oach. I know, and seeing that was so reassuring. Like he he really has been more aggressive this year. Um, yeah, those play calls by Bill were unbelievable, by the way. Like, so seems, seems like he's pretty good at what he does. But that finish by Oach, too, I think – I feel like we've talked about the past few years how hasn't been that great around the rim. Um, so, that finish was super tough. And just reassuring, knowing that we have two guys that can go get you a bucket whenever late. I mean, yeah. I guess CB's was just a spot-up three, but yeah. Oach I, seems like he's been able to get to the rim whenever he wants to this year. Yeah, I mean, the thing I loved about – I obviously love the CB3 because it, it won us the game, but it's like now that's two games – two of our last three games where the ball's been in Ochai's hand, and I feel like it'd be pretty tempting for a guy that's like, you know, he's getting draft buzz, he's national player of the year buzz, he he get the ball late in the game, you'd think a guy's going to be like, I'm literally not passing this ball. I'm putting up a shot even if it's a bad shot. But Ochai has been able to get it to someone that le- – I mean, he let – passes it off to Dewan, who drives in and gets the bucket to win the game. And then last night he drives in and dishes to CB who gets the bucket to win the game. So it's like, I love that he is aggressive, but also still playing smart and not just trying to be a hero at all times late in games, because we've got other guys that can hit big shots and CB. I mean, he seems like a guy, if he sticks around, we're going to see a lot of those types of shot over these next couple of years, but love to see him chirping guys in the corner. Um, <laughs> I mean, do we have any – I would – I wish we could just call him and beg him to tell us what he said to those guys. Any predictions? You see on uh, Instagram today where Jalen said something about having them two mic'd up during the games? Yeah. I said last night that NIL deal, let's freaking start like a microphone company. We'll connect <laughs> it to an app. We'll put it on CB. We'll raise a billion dollars from KU Twitter. And it will literally just be an app dedicated to listening to CB live during the game. And then I see CB being like, yo, we can't have mics. Like, imagine if they heard what we're saying. It's like, that's killing my dream. But it really is hilarious to think what he was saying to those. Like, I think Jeff Hawk screenshotted the, like, I don't know, they just looked like typical frat bros from, from Norman just chirping CB and getting absolutely drilled by him. So, I mean, love it to see it. Like- it looked like the fans in the corner almost hit CB while he was shooting. Yeah, he tried. I mean, that's what I'm – I'm just so curious what was going on. Like, were they well, – KU Hoops just put up a video of, like, basically just a hype video of the whole game, like all the highlights, them getting off the bus. And it, the CB hit a three early in the game where Dewan was running the break, threw it to him in the corner. And after CB hit it, he was yelling at the same kids. So it must yeah. have been 40 minutes of them just going back and forth. Yeah, so I'm guessing they just started chirping him from the beginning, and it's it's pretty hilarious. Both both big threes he made came right in front of him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that shot real quick. Like, were you guys? What was your guys' reaction when he took it? That was. I don't know if I was in the minority. I was livid when he took that shot. There was like seven seconds on the shot clock. Still, would have yeah. given them plenty of time if they get a rebound to go score. Like we basically could have had the last shot. And here's like a three or four second difference, and it wasn't. <laughs> open by any means i mean it's a hell of a shot but when he took it i was kind of leaning back like what the fuck are you doing and obviously it goes in so it doesn't matter but (laughs) yeah i was i was about to bring that up like if it seemed weird to you guys too because it felt like 
he thought the shot clock was expiring or something. Maybe those kids said something about the shot clock or someone was counting down like three, two, one, like they do on the road, but it looked like it wasn't a set shot. Like it looked like he almost just floated it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, on there. It's, it's wild. Well, cause yeah, Bill said post game, he was like, love the shot, but like he shot it seven seconds too early. And I, I didn't remember in real time being like, why are you shooting? Like I was kind of shocked, but uh, cause I expected him to drive, but, I remember looking at the clock when he made it and it's like 10 seconds. Like it felt like when he made it, Oh, the game's got to be over because we were going to take the last shot. And then you look up and there's mm-hmm. still freaking 10 seconds left. And I was like, what, why did we shoot so early? But you obviously take a three. Um, but he just, I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if he thought the shot clock was down or if he was just that confident in making the shot. But I mean, We've said it all year. We need a, a guy like him to just be a killer, and he seems to gladly accept that role. Yeah, um, I don't have we. I don't know if we've ever had this combo in here, but are we team foul or team play it out? I'm half a foul. I'm normally <laughs> yeah. team foul. It's I just, love fouling. Yeah, but it is terrifying. I mean, even last night we kind of screwed it up because, which it made sense. Bill said that. Uh, they told the refs, like, hey, we're going to foul, but not until it's under. It's so funny we do that, by the way, that the refs are like, hey, do we need to call foul here? But it's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, we're going to foul. It's going to be under five seconds. And then I guess CB just touched a guy and they immediately called the foul. They didn't want it that early. But still, it just it adds so many things that have to go right for the team that's losing. Absolutely. Like, so – and I get Bill – I think Bill hates doing it. Like, I think his brain refuses to think that his team can't just get a stop. But, I mean, I loved it. It was a little stressful, especially when the way we've play, played against the press all year, uh, seeing us get the ball inbounds. That's what I wanted to ask. What do you guys think of Ochai passing the ball in? I don't understand why he is. Like, here's how my brain works. Did Bill well, talk about that at all? I feel like that's something someone in the press would have asked him. Be like, why is your national player of the year pass to then? Like, why wouldn't you want him taking the free throws? Like, to me, it seems so obvious for DeWan to pass the ball. In. Now, I get you do that, you lose a ball handler. But in a situation where they're fouling immediately, like, why would DeWan not be the guy? In an ideal world, we have Remy one day who DeWan can now pass then get the ball to Remy, Oates, CB, and Jalen or whoever. You've got five good free throw, four good free throw shooters that you can pass into. I don't know. I just remember thinking, like, I think the thought process is let's give it to our, our senior, our guy that's going to make good decisions. But it's also like that's why I want shooting the free throws. So why him? But, hey, like we said, Bill Self's pretty good at what he's doing. It just – Felt felt weird. I'm really not sure why teams don't pick us up full court more, especially <laughs> after the Oklahoma State game. Like, it's insane. It's either, like, a pass gets deflected on the inbounds. Someone throws a, like, throws a pass that gets deflected. Um, someone rips the ball or I don't know. It's insane. Ever since the end of the Oklahoma State game, it feels like pressure has really gotten to us, and that kind of scares me late in the year, which <clears throat> you would have thought maybe Remy would even be in the game there during that possession even, to take care of the ball. I know he would have came off the bench a little cold and rusty, but you would have thought – I mean, that's a guy – you pick him up in the offseason, that's a guy you think would have the ball late in the game, taking care of it, ice it, hitting clutch free throws to ice it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, do we want to talk Remy right now or do we want to wait? <laughs> I mean, obviously, everyone that's listening is probably, uh, probably well aware of everything that's been going down. We had our uh, – 
former guest of the show, Mike Vernon, break the news on Saturday that he was hearing that there was potential Remy could be done for the year. Um, it appears at least that was a little aggressive. I think uh, Remy Remy obviously played last night. I think he how many how many minutes he played like twelve minutes, but. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm still very concerned. Like I know he's been hurt. He hasn't practiced much the last two or three weeks, but I don't know about you guys. AB, you watched first half. Did you think, I thought Remy's knee looked pretty okay in that first half. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of had questions about the whole time, but like you said, the first half, he looked fine. I would certainly wouldn't expect him to sit all 20 in the second half. Well, and it just raises more two in the second. Oh, half. Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> But, like, it just raises more questions, I feel like. Yeah. I don't know if they were rushing him back based on the reports and how Bill reacted after the game Saturday to, like, those rumors and stuff. Like, yeah. here he is. He's fine. He's able to play. But it yeah. just felt weird overall. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, it. and Bill even said in postgame, it's like, yeah, he just we, – we felt we felt better with the guys we had on the floor. But I think we've talked about this before. We did not play very good for a pretty long stretch in the second half. So – I get the reasoning of we felt we felt feel better with those guys, but I just I don't know. And I guess to Bill's defense, Remy came in and tried absolutely nothing. He I mean, he did not bring any energy. And if Remy's going to come in and not not try to look to score or not create for others like, yeah, Dewan is by far the better option because Dewan's not going to make mistakes. Dewan's going to play good defense. But I mean, I felt like Dewan last night was one of his worst games. At I was times. wanting to talk about that. Yeah, so it's like, man, if you're Remy, you're sitting there watching that. How do you feel going into these final how many games we have left, 13 games? It's like, how do you – you got to be pretty stressed. You got to be pretty annoyed. And I don't know. I'm getting to the point where I'm not sure – I don't know if Remy will leave. I don't think he will, but I'm pretty convinced Remy will not be the Remy we thought we were going to get this year. Is that fair? Yeah. Um, I know it sucks because I feel like even before the injury, he wasn't giving us a ton. Or I don't know if it's the injury right now or him and Bill, but just hasn't been a ton there from Remy. And I sit there and kind of get negative about this team and then sit back and it's like, dude, if we could get any glimpse of Arizona State Remy, this team would be – I mean, I feel like the talking heads in college basketball would obviously consider us a national title contender and one of the best teams in the country. But I don't know. It's really concerning at this point. Like like you said, DeWan there for a stretch in the second half had my ass heated, like take terrible <laughs> – he had that lob to Dave we talked about in the group chat. He took a God. questionable the back-to-back shot. missed like layup floaters was were outrageous. I think unlucky, but also just like, what are we doing? How is that yeah. not going in? And it's not the first time either. Like he had some turnovers in the Iowa State game and in the uh was it tech? Yeah, tech we lost it a couple of days before. Where it's like that's why I'm almost more concerned about Remy. Like we kind of hinted at before. If he can't get in when Dewan is clearly struggling and he's clear, like we clearly need another ball handler, we can't handle the press whatsoever, we can't get the ball in during the game. When is that going to change? And we've seen it with guys before where they like it takes them a minute, like Kelly Oubre comes to mind, but yeah. Kelly's a freshman, he was 18 years old when that was going on. Like, Remy's been in college basketball for five years now. Yeah, and I mean, it's going to be know. easy if things don't work out for Remy, it's going to be really easy to blame 
Bill. Well, it's, it's not going to blame Bill, but it's going to be kind of how we we'll just be frustrated because like in our eyes, we're idiots. We like the flashy, exciting guy. We don't see the little things that I'm sure Remy's not doing that Bill needs to see. Um, but also it's like it's a situation where it's like, how did Remy and Bill not sit down during the recruiting process? And I'm sure I guess they probably did. But it's like, did you really if if neither of you were willing to be lenient on how the other one was going to kind of, you know, Remy doesn't like playing for a type of coach like Bill, clearly. And and Bill doesn't love the type of player that Remy is. Um, so it's like, how did we think this was going to work if neither have seemed to be very open to changing? I don't know. We're obviously, this is all <clears throat> speculation. I think Bill would hop on today and say, oh, no, he's just, he's coming back from a knee injury. He was doing a little too much and we're not ready to play him yet. But I think you have to be, you have to believe there's a little bit of something going on that's outside of the knee injury. It's just, it's been too weird all year. He didn't start the exhibition game. Like it's just the signs have been there all year. And I mean, B turn on with you. It's like, if we get a glimpse of Remy at all, we instantly become national title contenders. But then I get really stressed because it's like, if we don't get Remy, I don't know if this team can win a national title. I think they, I don't know. Go ahead. I mean, it feels like the same roster. It would be the same roster as last year. You just have a better, you have a national player of the year candidate that's obviously put in a ton of work in the offseason, who's been a lot better in CB, but it still feels like the same roster. It's yeah. like we added Yesufu, we added Remy. And I mean, those guys aren't really, they, those guys aren't giving us too many minutes. Yeah. Um, God, yeah, it's stressful. Um, and that's the thing too. I didn't watch the first half, so, but you guys said his knee looked fine. So it's like, is Bill trying to make a statement by playing Dewan? Cause he's playing Dewan through mistakes, yeah, but he's I mean, not letting Remy play through mistakes. Dewan played 35 minutes. Like that dude is playing Devonte Graham, Frank Mason type minutes. Like he's not, I remember this back when Marcus Garrett was a sophomore and Marcus started he was starting and people were like, why is Marcus starting? Like, and it was just like, Marcus is probably going to start every game for the rest of his career because Bill just loves the way he plays. And he, I think he did like Marcus never kind of went back to the bench. And so, yeah, I, I threw this question out on Twitter and I'm going to throw it to you guys. Official prediction. Does Remy Martin start another game the rest of the year? I say yes. <laughs> okay. Like AB, I'll, I'll let you keep thinking, but who's he, who's he start for? Who's losing the job? That's the question. Unless I we mean, get super small and like Jalen starts to struggle or something, but clearly. Yeah, and obviously this corner. is all depending on injury, but let's right. say we stay healthy. I think it would be Remy, CB, Oates, Jalen, and Dave. But like Bill just played DeWan 35 minutes. Like I cannot fathom bill taking dewan out of the starting lineup and so there's a couple ways to think about that it's weird but do you do you think of dewan as russell robinson and remy is sharon collins now it's obviously different because remy was young or sharon was young remy's a fifth year senior um but it's like do you think remy could buy into that role but the thing is sharon was playing the late minutes like I don't, I don't see a scenario where Remy's playing the final crucial minutes, but 
we're probably it's still only January. So that's I mean, that's why I'm throwing the question out because I it, I'm having a hard time seeing Dewan heading to the bench for Remy to come in and start over him. What did you guys make of like Remy's reactions on the bench last night? Braden, I think I saw you tweet about it earlier, but I mean, V-term, was Vitor was all over it. <laughs> he studied it's it like a recruiter film. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I mean, that, that certainly guys, adds to the worry, but if you guys said his knees look good, people try to say he couldn't get off the bench because of his knees, but he can go <laughs> play basketball. Is that not wild? I did like, not. Even if, he, that. even if that was the case, you'd think he'd probably be like clapping or something. The dude was a statue. I mean, your teammate just hit a go-ahead three with 10 seconds left on the road. Yeah. Like, and, I think one would be ecstatic. And normally I would say, too. like, normally I would say, like, oh, well, some people just don't celebrate like that. But, like, we've seen Remy very much aggressively celebrate. So, I don't know. I I mean – but then in the locker room, he's like, he's totally fine. He's having a great time. He's happy. Like, he wasn't standing in the background kind of just pretending to be happy. He was genuinely happy that we won that game and that CB hit that shot. And I think that's been the thing the whole time is there's no chemistry issue with Remy. Remy likes the guys. The guys like him. The fans love him. Like, he's a fit from that standpoint. It's just – seems like he's not necessarily the best fit for our style of play. And I hope that gets fixed because I'm still not sold on this team winning a national title without a elite point guard that yeah. can get you a bucket. So, I mean, what Remy has to sit back and j- at least think about all the schools he could have went to, which like kind of sucks. I mean, yeah. he could have. It feels like he almost could have went anywhere. Yeah, and I think I, I'm sure Remy's process when he was transferring, he looked at two options. He's like, I can either go to a school where I can do what I did at Arizona State, dribble around, put up a bunch of shots, average 20 a game, or, and I think he made a good decision, it's like go play somewhere. And he, I would imagine, needs to learn what Bill Self's trying to instill into him and to be to make him an NBA player. Like he needs to learn this style of play. But I don't know. It's like did he bite off more than he could chew by going to play for Bill? Like he went from pretty easy – defense was not stressed shot selection was not as stressed and like now he's at like bill who is like a micromanager of that shit when he's coaching like so i don't know i'm trying to think of who else he could have gone to where he still would have got like good solid coaching played in a good system but it might not been as aggressive as as hard as it i mean it's just forever bill's been hard for guys in their first year to kind of play under so i don't know i want to I want to go back and see Remy's statements when he committed here because I feel like he was – I might be wrong, but I thought he was the guy that was like, I'm excited to play for Coach Self because he's not going to hand you anything. Like, you're going to be coached. Because yeah. basically, I mean, he got to do whatever he wanted at Arizona State. had a ton of freedom. Yeah. Um, I think that was the story. It's like he, he, he wants to be coached hard. But it's a lot easier to say that than it is to actually enjoy that. So – staff was like desperate for a point guard like they had to have a point guard they went after um i think <clears throat> the kid who went to lsu from mizzou pinson they went after uh remember when he announced that we, we were in his final two and it's like i don't even think we had really gone after him 
Yeah, yeah, that might be true. But I think, our, like, you wanted Marcus Carr. I think we went after a ton of point guards, and it's like yeah. we kept striking out. And then once Remy was the only option, it felt like our fan base and staff was, like, super desperate to get him. And then he comes here. and Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Like, I remember when it was announced he was leaving Arizona State. It was like, this is a must-get. And it happened pretty fast. But uh, I am – I'm just praying it somehow works out. It's still early, still crazy early. If we can just get things even looking remotely normal for him by mid-February, I'll start feeling good. But if he just keeps coming off the bench playing in small spurts, it's like I don't I don't know how quickly things will change. It's hard to it's hard to win back Bill's trust. I think that's something we've definitely learned over the years. So um all right. Enough about Remy. We got to talk about the guys that were actually really good last night besides CB and Oach. Jalen is very much back. He uh, And that's that's circling back on the Remy point real quick. We're talking about, like, how this feels like it's not going to work out. Literally, like, two, three weeks ago, we were, like, stressed if Jalen was ever going to be back to normal and playing good again. So, like, the fact that in just a two-week stretch, Jalen's gotten really good and looks exactly like he looked last year. It's a pretty good sign that things can change quick, but I don't know how 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 excited are you about Jalen going forward? Insanely excited. He's been awesome. He was awesome on Saturday, and he was obviously awesome again last night. He's uh, Saturday and last night he combined sixteen for twenty three from the floor, thirty nine points, and sixteen boards. So about twenty a game and eight boards a game. Which I mean, he's always active on the board. And this he was like two for twenty three from three to start the year. We talked about it. We knew shots would eventually start falling. So, yeah, Saturday he was – he had 23, 8, and 5. Yeah, I mean – for 13 from the floor. That was – we didn't talk much about that game Saturday, but, like, that was just – that second half was just beautiful basketball. And, it, I mean, I think Jalen was a big part of that. When Jalen – I mean, outside of Remy, nobody pushes the ball up the court better than Jalen does, and that – that felt like that's what we were getting against West Virginia was just a bunch of not necessarily transition, but situations where we'd get down the court quick and someone would drive and then find someone open for a three or find someone for a lob. Like it was all, we were playing fast, getting West Virginia out of their style of play. So it's like Jalen is super important to this team. If he can do that type of stuff, because when we're not moving fast, we go on droughts and it's gross. And so it's been, it's been huge to see his shot looks. I mean, what was he shooting a couple of weeks ago on the pod? We were talking, he was like 8% from three. I don't know. Did you say how many threes he's made these last couple of games? No, I'm not sure. I think there's been a couple where he's been on the line. Yeah. I think he hit a couple last night and a couple, like three on Saturday, maybe two last night. Yeah. So he was on the line, which I think we're both counted as threes and they went back and reviewed, but he, uh, yeah, I mean, and like you said, he just rebounding wise, he's huge for us. Um, we need that. Uh, the other guy, Dave, Dave did not put up big Weird. numbers, but I mean, he he did Saturday best, maybe the best game of his career. But like last night, he wasn't he wasn't dominant like he was Saturday, but he was just competent. Like he just yeah. he'd get the ball in the post, he'd pass it out. He was he was rebounding. He or I guess he didn't really have that many rebounds, but like he was he did a good job on Groves, which 
we haven't even talked about the fact that guy not hitting a three is the biggest shock in the history of college basketball. But yeah, every time you thought thought it was going in. Yeah. Every time it was like immediate March flashbacks, but (laughs) I mean, that's, that's what we need out of Dave. If you're not going to put up a good scoring night, that's fine. Just don't be a liability. And he was just solid. He just get the ball. He banged inside. He dished the ball out. If it wasn't there, he had some good buckets, had some good post moves. He was slow. He was under control. It's just like I I want this. It was so relaxing. Like I felt like we were ugly at times, but I wasn't like panicky watching the game because I was worried Jay or David was going to like punt the ball out of bounds on accident. So, yeah, absolutely right. He's been competent and finally under control. And he's actually making those bunnies around the rim like all year. It was just missing easy layups. And now he's finally starting to make them like he did last year, late in the year. It's so weird, too. Like he had what, 15 rebounds on Saturday, and then last night, late in the second half, he gets a rebound, and the announcer goes, David McCormick's first rebound of the night. And you're like, what? How? Like, how? I don't know. <laughs> makes no sense. Yeah. Like, who is getting all the rebounds? Like, I don't – it just feels like Dave should be the one pulling down all the rebounds. But, uh, I mean, Jalen obviously does a good job. CB does a good job. But, yeah, it's – uh he'll still do things like that but Groves was a tall task like that dude's a big boy and he's tough man he's bringing Dave away from the basket on defense so I think that hurts him rebounding wise too but yeah yeah if he can just it was it was just like I said it was relaxing to watch like not seeing him try to force things all all night but uh AB what's your confidence level are we seeing this Dave the rest of the year are we gonna have a Dave meltdown game I've seen it long enough to say we're absolutely going to have another Dave Meltdown game. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, hopefully not like long term. Hopefully, he's more competent than incompetent. But he's just such a spaz sometimes. Like he's got to go back to that at you know at least another two or three games this year. No, I guess I'm just like I'm picturing an NCAA tournament Dave spaz game, and I'm already so mad about it. Just a nightmare. But yeah, you're probably right. That guy's just. I mean, he's not going to go back to just. But I mean, the second half of the second year or second half of the year last year, he was pretty damn good, like consistent, I think, unless that's like revisionist history. And I'm just forgetting him kind of yo-yoing. But I felt like he was pretty consistent the final six. He was because your foot wasn't in danger at all once like February hit. And that was the whole like, yeah, that or worry that you had. But yeah, yeah. I mean, the beautiful thing is there's still 13 conference games left. Yeah, like mid January, Bill Self's teams always get better. Like, feels like they've been a lot better defensively the last two games. I mean, second half against West Virginia was like fifty-two to twenty-eight in the second half. Yep. And then last night, Oklahoma couldn't really score besides Gibson, which he was hitting crazy threes. I thought Uh, we were toast when he hit that step back three to give him the lead. But dude, can you imagine if we just start getting like decent? solid Remy like energy running the show running the offense knocking down occasional jumpers giving us solid minutes like I feel so good about this team everyone besides him right now because you got yeah player of the year yes Stevie who's averaging like 16 a night without hitting threes Jalen has 40 points the last two nights Dave is finally starting to look like end of the year Dave it feels like obviously he can it can change overnight with him. Yeah. But, I mean, if you get – and I love DeWan. I really do. He's great defensively. He doesn't really make 
too many mistakes. So it's like, he's not going to hurt you a ton, but if Remy can just start doing anything. I mean, I think, yeah, I, everyone seems to be coming together besides Remy and that's fair. That makes sense. He hasn't been practicing for bill all these years. Um, And I think a good way to think about the is like, he doesn't, he doesn't make you worse, but he doesn't, like your ceiling doesn't get any higher with the one. Like he just is what he is. And that's what scares me. It's like, this is a natty or bust type year. Like this team was built to go win a natty. And so if you have a guy running the show, who's really good and we all love him, but it's like, does he, does he take your ceiling, the national title? Good. That's, that's what I'm not sold on. So, yeah, I mean, we can't say it enough getting Remy to, to play like even close to what we want him to play is obviously much needed, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best not to get my hopes up for that. Well, I think, I feel like last time we recorded, you still felt fine about him and he hasn't over the last week. So are you worried about him and bill? Are you worried about injuries? Are you just worried about him? I'm worried about that. I thought his knee looked fine and he still got, I mean, it was clear he just didn't play because of Bill not trusting him more so than his knee. And it's like we're halfway through the year. If Bill's not trusting him in a game where we go on a long scoring drought again and give up like a 17 to two run, like if you don't trust Remy to play long minutes in that situation, it's just like I'm getting scared to the point where will he ever trust him? Um, So, yeah, I do feel worse about this than I did last week because I was – hoping it was just knee issues and it was the games he didn't play at all were knee issues but it just feels like he's got an uphill battle to get back to starting and playing 30 minutes a game so i don't know we got any other thoughts on the past games we're gonna look ahead to saturday where we take on um the hottest team in the big 12 the (laughs) the kansas State fighting Bruce Weber's AB thrown up the C. How I mean, what's the line, AB? You looked at that? Yeah, it's anywhere like between six and seven. Um, I don't know, man. I I can't figure K State out. I know they had COVID issues, which is kind of skewing their numbers a little bit. But who yeah. fucking? I mean, I never really know with that game in Manhattan. It's always kind of a not a toss up. We win more than we lose, obviously, but it's always way closer than it should be. Yep. It, uh, I, I, and I don't know if this is bad logic, but like, do you almost feel better the fact they just beat two straight ranked teams? Like, to think that this K State team's winning three straight games over ranked opponents, one of which is a top 10, like, I don't know. That That's what I keep telling myself. Like, they're, they're gonna get back to their norm, which is being a pretty bad basketball team, I think, but maybe they're not. Maybe it was just COVID issues and, now they're going to be a super solid top five, six team in the league, but I'm just, I'm not buying that, but I don't know. It'd be, it's, it's tough to, I guess I'll, I'll throw it to B turn. I'll make you pick first. Let's call it. What should we call it? Minus six or minus seven. Let's just say six and a half since it's, you know, right in the middle. All right. Sounds good. I mean, it's super tough because we're going to get their best crowd of the year, no matter what, like, just a bunch of hatred from the crowd and their players are going to be up for the game. Coaches will be up for the game. Like obviously is their Super Bowl, So it's like, 
you would think it's going to be a close game no matter what. 2020, when we had that super good team, we played there and it was tight the whole time. Um, I mean, I obviously could see us winning in a tight game. I'd probably just go K-State plus six, I guess. Plus six and a half. You get the half. Good. I uh, I think I'm going KU minus six and a half. I feel like we're due for just a – a really solid road performance. Like like we said, the Oklahoma State game was not pretty. The Oklahoma game was not pretty. I uh, I don't necessarily – I don't know if this will be like pre- – like I don't think we're going to score 90 points, but I think we're just going to control the game pretty easily, and I'll go Hawks by 10, 75-65. A-B. It's about right in line with projections. Projections are 75-68, so – a fun score love that score love what are you going with Uh, i don't know that's such like a hard number with like free throws at the end like it could be a game that's tied the whole time and then we win by seven or eight just because they foul late but yeah i guess i'll take ku with your logic that are they really going to win three straight games against ranked teams and yeah I, i just i don't really see that with that roster but and bruce of course I, don't, I mean, and I don't know how much you've watched of him B-turn, and I don't know if you've watched A-B, but I doubt you don't see me strike me as a guy that's watching much K-State hoops. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I know they've got some transfers. They've got that dude from Little Rock, who that point guard who's been decent. And then, like, Mark Smith from Missouri has all of a sudden been really good for them. So, um, but it's like – you look at that, it's like, okay, well, we put Dewan on the point guard. I guess Nigel Pack's our best player, so I don't know who who guards Nigel Pack, but it's like I just feel pretty confident about our guys stopping their their guys. And I don't other than their main two, three guys, I just don't see anyone that scares me at all. I guess McGurl. How wild is it that McGurl comes off the bench, comes back for like his ninth straight year and can't start? I'm very confused by that. But didn't even know he was back, didn't even know he wasn't starting. But yeah, I was. I, mean, I thought he was going to be awesome this year. Maybe he has been. Maybe it's just like a psychological six man type deal. But yeah, um, I mean we've we've seen better, more talented KU teams and less talented K State teams that ends up in a K State win there. So yeah, who honestly who knows that Wiggins team loss still? I mean, it still breaks my brain how that happened. And even the next year, we weren't very good, but K State was like horrible. K-State lost, like, 16 games that year. Yeah, but they beat lost. every big team in the country. I was just talking about that with a friend. Like, they beat OU, they beat us. They Dude, Bruce is so weird. He's the king of doing just enough. <laughs> like, he's he's probably going to somehow save it. If he wins Saturday, if they win, Bruce will be back another year, which is hilarious. Because, yeah. I mean, KU, that's, like, add 10 wins to his call, like win column this year. That counts as 10 for them. So, I mean – it would be it would be kind of funny if Bruce somehow ends up back next year because it was very they were melting down after that TCU game. So the crazy thing too with K State, not to talk about them too much, and I know I just said I haven't really watched them at all, but if they don't absolutely collapse against TCU last week, like I feel like their season kind of has a completely different vibe to it. I know they're probably on a tournament bubble. Maybe I don't really know what their non-con was. I know it's really early for that with the whole conference slate left, but. Yeah. Well, they, they'd be four and one in conference, is that right? Well, no, they would have lost to. Are they three and two? They lost at Te- or they won or they beat Texas last night at Texas, but they've already lost to Texas at home. Then they've lost to West Virginia, so that's for sure okay. too. 
they would have been three and two with that TCU if that would have been a win instead of a loss. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean they're for sure on the bubble if that's the case, but can't lose at home to TCU at this point. No. They're gonna be in the tournament with I mean, they have no really no good wins. Um yeah, I mean also Texas, it's pretty wild that Chris Beard's just getting absolutely killed this year. I mean, they're like Goodman tweeted he might have been exaggerating. They're like on the bubble, which is just insane. They were a top five team to start the year, I think. So <sighs> old Chris Beard maybe shouldn't have left Texas Tech. Mark Adams <laughs> might might be the guy. He beat our ass. <laughs> yeah. Um all right, what else do we have on the agenda? We got to talk KU football a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I don't exciting. know. It's getting Kai Thomas is one of the more exciting. For me, it's like one of the more exciting gets we've gotten in a while because it's like we got the stud local kid. Now, granted, oh, it's almost – I don't know. What's more impressive, getting the stud local kid out of high school or getting a kid that just went and played in a Big Ten program and yep. was like, I'd rather go play at Kansas. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm thrilled about it. So, Yeah, I mean, a Big Ten school that I think was ranked – played in a bowl game. He led them in rushing and then was the MVP of their bowl game. So I think he was a second ranked recruit in the state out of high school and obviously didn't get him. But I mean, he had to have seen something with KU football or just seen the turnaround, talking to the staff and things like that. So that's super exciting, especially seeing all the portal guys we got. It's like guys are just buying in. These guys contributed at bigger schools. Like it's not like I don't know. It feels like there's been so many things where we get our hopes up, like Dane Christ, he keeps, um, like that. Remember that recruit, that JUCO recruiting class Charlie Weiss had and calling it like the dream team and stuff. So it's like there's been so many times where we have to get our hopes up because things have been so bad. It's like this just feels like real, you know? Yeah. It's like I these mean, guys, the dude from Ohio State, like Ohio State's begging him to come back. Yeah. Dude from Michigan State was gonna go to Wisconsin. This the, the Nebraska transfer we got is gonna be like begging for playing time. Like that's that's the good thing about Kai is it's like, I mean, we need him to be good. We want him to be good. But like the our program, like honestly, we're fine at the running back position if he's not. Like hopefully he's a superstar. But it's like if he's not, we still got Devin Neal. We still got Savion Morrison. So it's like we. We legitimately have maybe the best running back group in the con- in the Big Twelve, not country, but I don't know. I don't know. I know K State's got Deuce Vaughn, so it's hard to be better than that. But it's like three guys that could all be pretty legit contributors seems seems good. But I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see if Devin Neal can keep it going and if if Kai can transition and still be really good. But it's it's obviously exciting. I think the Kai news also overshadowed the uh, Lonnie Phelps. <laughs> Love that name. Uh, what a Lonnie! Great pass <laughs> rusher. So I don't know. Excited he, for that. He was about to uh, visit Virginia Tech. Was his next scheduled visit, and he ended up coming here and just enjoyed everything he heard from the staff and stuff. So it's like Virginia Tech's obviously a respected football school, and defensive end is our biggest need. So. That him honestly, that's one of the biggest gets of the offseason just for need purposes. Yeah. Our backfield yeah. crazy. Like Devin Neal is such a stud. And the offensive line got better throughout the year. Late in the year, felt like they were finally prote- protecting JD and Devin Neal looked awesome. Our backs looked really good. So 
give the staff a full off season to work with the O line and I mean we saw what was that list JD was on last week that we saw. Yeah. Like, I mean, top returning quarterbacks. He was like one of the top 15, 20 guys. They, I don't know. I can't remember, but I think it was like breakout candidates or something. Oh, yeah, right? break, yeah, not top returning. Though. Was but he was number two or something in the country. Yeah, is- yeah. He was number two of like potential breakout quarterbacks, which I mean, it's obviously a big if, but I think it was actually Heisman candidates. <laughs> it was. And we're going to make Heisman shirts in the offseason. Oh man, yeah. I'm uh I will be so gutted if we just suck. Yeah, I was like, gonna say, like, well, we're gonna have this conversation in seven or eight months, but like what are your guys' expectations right now? Like, do you a, have you put a number to your head? Four four wins is what I'm telling myself. Would you be I guess we could compete and you could still be happy, but would you be pretty disappointed if we didn't reach four wins? I know we haven't done that in forever, but I mean, we should have two a non-con pretty easily, I would think. There's still, there's not. still rumors out there that we won't play Houston. I mean, yeah, I'm kind of hoping need, that gets axed. We need to switch that to a cupcake. Like, just do it. We need wins right now. We don't need do it. People are on the slant talking about like UMass might be available. Fuck, mm-hmm. if we got UMass and won by like 60 points, let's just annihilate UMass. So yeah, I mean, Tennessee Tech. Let's get I'll count that as a win. I feel 27 24 TT. <laughs> I feel good about that. But and then we've got Houston and Duke in non con, which I don't know. Houston, that's you know, but Duke, I don't know. I don't know where they stand, who they return, but it's like I feel like we are now at the point where we can convince ourselves that we can compete with Duke, which is not a place we've been. Is that crazy? Yeah, it's, it's sad, but it's not crazy. In Lawrence, we nearly beat them last year. Like, it was really good until late. And I think their coach got fired. So they have a whole new coaching staff, I believe, which I'm sure they'll lose. I'm sure they lost some guys to the portal and stuff. So, yeah. Do we not play a Big 12 team before Duke? We, yeah, we play West Virginia before them. So, and that is, they'll be at Virginia. Yeah. I, I mean, that's they- the thing. I'm telling myself, get Tennessee, get Duke, and then we competed in like four or five conference games last year, win two of them. That's four. It's not that hard. And if we can get Houston away and get another win there, then four is like needs to happen. Four would be a a must in my mind if we replace Houston with like an easy win. I mean, if he- that comes in, like getting to five and going to Manhattan, trying to get six and losing by 25 <laughs> That's a nightmare scenario last game of the year, but yeah. Oh, but yeah. it could be like imagine we imagine we win four and then we win five. Or okay, your your scenario is better. We win five and we we win six to go bowling. But imagine we yeah. win four and just imagine the momentum going into the next season if we beat K State in Manhattan. Just saying. If we get the bowl eligibility in Manhattan, Kansas, I think we might burn the place to the ground. Talk about a Twitter day. (laughs) Two birds, one stone. We'll be at the cheese it bowl, baby. Um, I don't see why – if we do get that Houston game changed, I really think we could go 3-0 non-con. I mean, yeah, I'd have to learn more about Duke, but, like, I still felt like there was a pretty good – pretty big talent gap between us and Duke last year. So, it's like – 
who would be the Big 12 teams we could actually see us beating? I mean, we always munch Texas. Yeah. I mean, My sleepers, Iowa State at home. It's pretty early, and I feel like they're losing a lot of dudes, aren't they? Yeah. Purdy's going to be gone. Reese. Reese is gone. Reese is gone. So it's yeah, like I mean, early in the season while they're still transitioning, maybe catch them in Lawrence. I think it's October 1st. Maybe I could be wrong on that. And like, I, it's, it's not crazy to think we're going to be good either. Like, I feel like we're not being homers because we return the whole offensive line. JD's back, who people love. He's been on these uh, off-season lists or whatever. We have three really good running backs. Like, Devin Neal was unreal last year. I think him and Kai Thomas probably averaged – five a carry each had 800 rushing yards Savion Morrison played at Nebraska all of our receivers are back and then they just added what five or six starters on defense that'll start day one yeah and you still got Kenny Logan so like are you saying like six you think six wins isn't crazy to say because that's what I'm, I'm I'm not letting myself get that excited I won't dude I really I don't see why we couldn't but it's like that's kind of like what AB's saying. It's like, who are the Big 12 teams then? It's like, I think TCU, they've got a new coach. I don't know how good he'll be. I mean, obviously, new coach, you never know. Uh, Texas Tech, they've got a new coach, right? So those two pop out. Um, but I mean, you're not beating Baylor, you're not beating Mike, Oklahoma State. So, yeah. Mike, thinking we could, fuck, that's going to be Norman. But oh, you get to not talking. This is no, why we get our stopping you right there. Oh, you get to be that good. <laughs> Who's even coming back for them? It doesn't matter. I can assure please. you that they're they're gonna have better players than us. I can assure you, we should have beaten them this year. Yeah, which is why I we're think, gonna get. No, there's gonna be one or two games a year that we compete in that people don't think we will because of our coaching staff. <laughs> Dude, if we win in Norman, we should make a show bet. If we win in Norman next year, like. Something's got to happen. Is OU going to be that good? It doesn't – OU, a bad <laughs> OU year is a top five KU football program season ever. We, three probably. Yeah. I mean, well, we had a 1,000 yards rushing in Norman a few years ago. <laughs> I don't – I'm not I'm not letting myself get to that level. I hope yeah. I'm wrong. There's this nothing is why I, I love when we talk KU football because we can go from eh, – Three, four wins to beating OU and Norman in like two minutes. (laughs) We'll say at Baylor and at um, OU are losses. Yeah, I think that's probably, I guess, Manhattan's a rivalry game. Um, Lance can have the team up for that. We saw how much Lance got that team improved throughout the year. So, like, I think late in the season, you want to play K State. We can win all 12. I'm telling you, four is realistic, three is most likely, two is a disaster. Four is most likely. One is Lance is fired, so just kidding. We're we're winning four games for sure. All right. I like it. They're going 3-0 and in non-con, and they will absolutely at least win one Big 12 game. I love the confidence with that. And that's the Boomer Sooners down in Norman. Oh, well – all right, I think we've I think we've talked on. By the way, wanted to throw one more thing out. Did you see Grady Dick's a top ten recruit now, number eight on the ESPN top one hundred? It's pretty wild. Wow. Yeah, so it's good it's to look right. him up. But we've talked about it enough, but it's just an all time name. Yeah, <laughs> it it is a 
it will go down in history as an all-time name for sure. Um, all right. Well, I think that's all we got for this week. We will, uh, we'll be back for hopefully, hopefully a fun episode after we get a win over K-State and not a complete meltdown episode, but yeah, we'll be back. Let's go get a win in Manhattan and, uh, make fun of K-State on Twitter for six hours straight. I'm sure AB will be leading the charge. Fuck job. Superpowers, rap 225,000 hours Get a calculator, do the math I made a thousand songs that made you move your ass And for the last 300 months I made 16 albums with me on the front And they bump, where you get your beats I heard 93 rappers say bitch like me Two singers and 10 comedians And I'm still gonna yell it every time you see me in What's my favorite word? Why they gotta say it like short? talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body including those involved in hormonal balance from functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.